Crossroads, it's been a couple weeks since I've been with you, so I wanted to come back with a bang today, if that's okay with you. So if you're excited about axe throwing, can I hear it from you today? I mean, let's just, let's just dive right in. Um, I mean, that's all you got to know. Your pastor is back, and we're throwing axes, all right? That's what's happening today. Uh, but it's axes for a reason. We're using this as an illustration now to learn a little bit about the topic of the day. And here's the thing. Uh, we're walking through the series seven, right? The seven deadly sins that just absolutely destroy our soul if we allow them to take root in our lives. And so we've already talked about pride, how that isolates me from God. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we had Lamoris Crawford who talked to us about greed. Was that amazing or what? Was that a great week? Uh, last week, Pastor Mark just brought it in terms of lust and how that can just deter us from where God wants us to be. And today, we're taking on this concept of sloth. And sloth is one of those things where you go, sloth? I mean, for real, a deadly sin? Sloth is sneaky, all right? You guys, sloth is the sneakiest of the deadly sins because it sneaks its way into our lives without us even realizing. And I want to illustrate that by throwing axes. I mean, what better way to illustrate that is there than throwing axes? So here's the thing. When we talk about sloth, sloth is an indifference, right? It's excessive laziness or indifference uh, to physical or spiritual things. That at its core is the definition of sloth. But sloth is also sneaky in the sense that it doesn't care if you're apathetic or even fanatical, all right? All that matters about sloth is that you are focusing on the wrong thing, all right? And I want you to think about that as we dive into this concept today. So we're throwing axes. Uh, Joanna, let me see one of these axes here. Can we get up for Joanna Beasley? She's going to be throwing some axes. Uh, she's very excited. She is, I mean, fanatical about throwing axes. We got Remington here is super excited about throwing axes. Maybe a little too cool for school today. Uh, I'm going to show them how it's done. Uh, this is the practice target, okay? Just once you get your groove on, get, make sure that you got your aim, your target's down right, okay? Because this is actually the target I want you to aim for, right here, all right? This target that's about six inches below a really expensive television. This is the target I want you to aim at. This target, if you hit it, this is my promise to you, I don't care what it takes, all of your wildest dreams will come true, all right? This is like me running for president, you know, vote for Pedro type of situation. All of your wildest dreams will come true if you can throw your axe and hit this target, all right? So what's the target? That's the target. Everybody with us? That's the target. All your wildest. Now, we're just taking a practice shot at this one over here. If you can hit that balloon, it's just a great practice. So I'm, I'm terrible. Let's see how this goes. You guys ready? You guys ready? Here we go. Okay. They said no one yet today has missed the entire wooden structure. Yet, okay, okay. Oh, oh, I bounced back pretty far. Okay, so I missed the balloon. Okay, no big deal, no big deal. Uh, Joanna, you got a practice shot for us? Let's see what you got. Now remember, uh, you got three shots. Uh, take one at the practice shot, but you got two shots at the one that matters. That's the one, Rem, you giving up already? What? I'm good. <sighs> All right, uh, yeah, take a practice shot so you can get it down, and then we'll take a shot at the, the real target there. Oh, that was so close to the balloon. But you only got three shots. Get, get careful. You, okay, you really want to get that balloon. Oh! 
Oh, it was so bad. I'm so sorry. Joanna, you'd wasted all three of your shots on the wrong target. You only had three. All of your wildest dreams would have come true if you would have thrown. I know it's close. Remington, you ready? I'm good. Thanks. Remington, all of your wildest dreams will come true if you just throw an axe at that target. Remington, you're on fate. You have like three friends. It doesn't matter. Hey. Uh, okay. Well, I guess, I guess the axe throwing competition is over. Uh, yeah, I guess that is what it is. The balloon did not get popped. I'm so sorry. Let's give it up for Joanna. Let's give it up for Remington. They really did a great job. Take a bow, guys. You really did it. You really did it. So it was so bad. It was so bad. Total apathy. Hey, she actually did come really close to popping that balloon. That was pretty impressive. Uh, what's the point? What's the point? Well, we got to throw some axes. That was a lot of fun. Now, sloth, the deadly sin that is sneaky. It doesn't care if you're totally apathetic, could care less like Remington, or if you're completely fanatical about it like Joanna was. The only thing sloth cares about is that at the end of the day, the target that your life is aiming for is totally meaningless. And that's deadly. When you think about the reality that we have limited time on this planet to make a difference for the kingdom, sloth creeps in and it forces me, it makes me fall into the trap of spending my time on things that have no value. And so in the grand scheme of things, you think about what that looks like in our lives, excessive laziness or indifference to physical or spiritual things. Well, what's the contrary virtue to that? It would be diligence. It's me staying focused. It's me persevering. It's me tuning in to what really is important. And we've talked about throughout this series how there are beatitudes from the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5 that Jesus speaks into that counters these seven deadly sins. And today we focus on Matthew chapter 5, 6, where Jesus simply says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be filled. Let's consider how that plays for a second with this concept of sloth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. I mean, we talk about hunger. I mean, when you haven't eaten for a while and you are starving, man, there is nothing that drives you more than hunger. Like, you haven't eaten for two days and you drive by like a barbecue stand, you smell that smoked brisket cooking it. Oh, my heavenly day. That's like, you can't think about anything else, right? When you've just run like seven miles. Who's done that recently? Yeah, ran seven miles. Um, and you're just parched, you're thirsty. All you want is that water just to quench your thirst. Jesus is saying, blessed are those, blessed are you when you hunger and you thirst after righteousness, the, the kingdom of heaven, when the desire of your heart is to be like Jesus, to walk as Jesus walked, to become who Jesus is calling you to be. Blessed are you when you hunger and thirst after the things of Jesus, after righteousness, for you will be filled. And what are you going to be filled with? You're going to be filled with life. 
with life to the full. Because when you are hungering and thirsting after righteousness, when it is the goal and the focus of your life to seek God first, that's when you live life to the fullest. That's why Jesus came to planet Earth, to seek and to save that which was lost, to bring life to that which was dead. And when you talk about life with Jesus, it's life to the fullest. It's me living into the purpose and plan that he created me for. It's me experiencing the fullness of real life that matters. It's eternal life. And that's the life that God has called us to. But sloth, man, it creeps in and it creates a spiritual apathy. It it creates a numbness in my heart to the things of God. It's just not important enough to me to put in effort. It allows me to become fanatic and, and just crazy interested in things that just don't matter. And it's not that those things are necessarily bad. I mean, look at our culture, all of the stuff that creates busyness in our lives, whether it's just being a sports nut or going shopping or binge watching that latest series on Netflix, all of these things, not necessarily evil on their own, but when they become a higher priority and begin crowding out my focus on becoming like Jesus Well, suddenly I realize I'm not investing any time or any talent or any treasure. I'm not investing any part of my life in anything that actually really matters. Jesus has given me a target. He said, aim for this target and all of your wildest dreams will come true. And sloth distracts me from that life. It makes sure that the target my life is pointing for is meaningless. And that's the trap that we have to avoid falling into. I love what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 6. This sets up one of the foundational scriptures and prayers uh, that the Jewish tradition and faith was built on throughout the Old Testament. This passage of scripture is really important because it, it keeps the main thing the main thing. And you'll, you'll understand more about this as we unpack this scripture, but this was foundational and it was the focus of everyone who was a child of God, part of the nation of Israel. This was their main instruction. It says in Deuteronomy 6, in setting this up, these are the commands, decrees, and regulations that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you. You must obey them in the land you are about to enter and occupy. And you and your children and grandchildren must fear the Lord your God as long as you live. If you obey all his decrees... And commands, you will enjoy a long life. That's just a reminder that every command that God gives us is for our benefit. All right? Sometimes we think, oh, spending time with God, reading the Bible and praying, it's just so boring. It takes discipline. And yet everything that I learn about God in, in the Bible, every word that he speaks to me when I'm praying with him, everything that I have that's an interaction with God is designed for my benefit. It helps me live that life more fully. It helps me become more like him. It helps my life stay focused on things that really ultimately matter, that have eternal value. It's important. So it goes on to say, listen closely, Israel, and be careful to obey. Put it into action. Then all will go well with you, and you will have many children in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. I mean, they're starting to focus us on, hey, this is what's important, All right, God has a plan for you, and if you just are willing to obey his commands for your life, you're setting yourself up for success. This is what you need to be focused on. And so what we see about sloth is sloth distracts me from my focus, all right? It it keeps me on the sidelines. It, It makes me indifferent to what God is trying to do in my life and who he's trying to form me into. I listen to this, at its core, sloth moves us away from everything that ultimately matters. 
and it directs us towards simple distractions, meaning that all of my time, all of my effort, all of my energy in life is simply spent on distractions. And again, that's something that creeps into our lives. It's really sneaky. And it's extraordinarily devastating because it crowds out the time that God is wanting me and longing for me to spend with him. When it comes to what is truly important in our lives, what, what are the things that ultimately matter more than anything? I mean, you can go into any store like a Hobby Lobby or Home Goods and you can find it on the wall, mounts that they have, right? I mean, it's all there. Uh, faith, family, friends. It's, it's pretty much right there. You go to Hobby Lobby, they'll tell you right there. Uh, faith, family, friends. Think about this, though, for a second. When it comes to investing my time, my life, in something that matters, making sure that my target that I'm aiming my life at has eternal value, that I'm not wasting the breath, this air that I breathe, every moment of life that God gives me, think about my faith. Think about your faith. Your faith, your relationship with Jesus, is the single most important relationship that you can have in your life. That is the relationship that matters most when you take your last breath on planet Earth and suddenly you find yourself standing in front of God. Because the first thing he's going to ask each and every one of us is, what did you do with my son Jesus? And every single one of us is going to be held into account and held responsible for what we did with Jesus. That is the most important relationship. And it's a relationship that only you can build. Your parents can't build that relationship for you. Your spouse can't build it. Your friends can't build that relationship for you. That's on you. That relationship is between you and God. And it's a relationship that he is calling you to, that he desires to have with you more than anything else in the world. It's a relationship that's so important that he came to seek and to save us when we were lost. That while we were still his enemies, while we weren't even friends, he died on that cross for us. That's why he came to planet earth, so that we could have this unbelievable relationship. And yet we allow the distractions of life to crowd that single most important relationship out to the sidelines and instead of focusing our effort and energy on developing that, we waste our time being distracted by things that just simply do not matter. What's your relationship with Jesus looking like these days? Has sloth come in and distracted you? Are you just indifferent to the things of God? Because you and only you can develop and grow that relationship with Jesus. Don't let the distractions, don't let sloth crowd out this critical relationship that, that eternity hinges on. We talk about family. Man, family is important. I mean, the highlight of my day so far is when my two boys came in just before the 10 o'clock service started today and gave me a big old hug. It was fantastic. I loved it. It was great. That's the highlight of my day because my boys, they mean the world to me. Those are the most important two kids in the world to me personally. Man, I'm so proud of them. I love them to pieces. I wish they were perfect. They're not. They're pastor's kids. We all know that. Um, <laughs> but I love them to pieces, right? I mean, that's... My goal is that those two boys are better men someday than I am. I want to pour everything that I can into them. I want my marriage to be the best marriage it can possibly be. So when we talk about our faith being important, it's sloth distracts us from our faith. When we talk about our families being important, it's, man, are you allowing the distractions in life to prevent you from being a good dad, a good mom, a good brother, a good sister, a good aunt, a good uncle? If family really is important and, and your marriage is needing some work, man, make sure you're taking time to invest in your family relationships. Don't allow yourself to be distracted or to become indifferent to these vital and most important relationships in your life. Take the time that you need to focus on what truly matters. Make sure that your life is aiming at the right target. 
And we talk about friendships. And we would just talk about this in our Thrive series, the importance of investing in relationships, friendships that will hold you accountable and encourage you to become more like Jesus. Make sure you're developing and investing in relationships that make a difference. These friendships can have eternal significance in helping shape you into who you are and keep you pointed in the right direction in your relationship with Jesus. These, at the end of the day, are the most important things in life. It really comes down to your faith, your family, and your friendships. And yet, we allow all these distractions in life to crowd out that meaningful time, and we become apathetic and indifferent and numb to what really, truly does matter. And that's the deadliness of sloth. Because it's just so easy to just binge watch, you know, the next series, right? It takes no effort. Amusement. I mean, amuse. When you break down that word, amuse, it really it literally means no thinking. Amuse, no thinking. It's easy, right, to just turn the brain off, turn on the TV, and you're like, oh, this is fantastic. Yeah, it's easy, but it's meaningless. It's not wrong to turn on the TV every now and then and, and watch something that's just amusing, no thought, because sometimes we need that. But when that becomes the main focus of your life, and it's crowding out the things that matter, that's when sloth is creeping in and destroying you from the inside out. And it's sneaky because we don't always recognize that. That's what's crazy about it. So here's the thing. It goes on to say in verse 4 of Deuteronomy 6, Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. What we recognize is this is the most important thing. This is the great command. Love the Lord your God with everything you have. Heart, soul, mind, strength. It's all there in scripture. Give God everything you have. It's God first. This is what everything hinges on. And what we recognize is that when I allow sloth into my life, not only does it distract me from my focus, it directs me toward failure because it's crowding out the most important thing. I'm allowing all these distractions, all of my indifference to crowd out the space in my life for God to work, for God to move. I am allowing myself to be distracted from opportunities to draw close to Jesus and to let him draw close to me. Sloth is dangerous. You guys, sloth is deadly. Are you investing your time in things that truly matter? What, what is the target that your life is aiming at? This is the most important thing. We can't miss this. I mean, Jesus was asked about this multiple times throughout the Gospels. One time it says an expert of the law asked Jesus, this is in Luke chapter 10, he said, Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? See, there's that word life again. Hunger and thirst for righteousness, you will be filled. Everybody's looking for life, like real life life. And so Jesus says, what did the scriptures say? How do you read it? So the guy responds, well, it's, it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And it also says, love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus simply says, right, like ding, 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 you are correct. You are the winner. Do this and you will live. That, that is where life, true life is really found. But the guy wasn't doing it. He was indifferent. He was distracted. He wasn't putting that into practice. So to, it says to justify his actions because he wasn't actually keeping God at the center of his life. It says he said to Jesus, well, who's my neighbor? You know, total cop out. Come on, loser, stop asking that question. At which point Jesus gives the parable of the Good Samaritan. And it paints God's love for us. That love that stepped out of heaven, came down to earth to, to lay down 
his life for us, pay the, the price that we couldn't pay for our sin. He paints the picture in the parable of the, the Good Samaritan of this idea that God's love is, is selfless, it's sacrificial, it serves. It's a beautiful thing to think about what God has done for us so that we can have this relationship with him. He's paved the way for us. He's taken out all the obstacles. We just gotta stay focused on him. But sloth, man, it takes my focus off of this. It directs me towards failure because it allows me to, to occupy my time with all of these things that simply don't matter. Dante, in the 1300s, uh, correctly called sloth a failure to love God with all our heart, mind, and soul. And we're pointed to this reality that people living with sloth in their lives are really living in a hell-like condition. Because when you're consumed with sloth, you, you really fail to ever live. Because your life is pointed at things that are meaningless, that have no value. You're, you're pointing your life, all of your effort, all of your energy, on things that just don't matter. Are you truly investing your time in things that matter? What is the target that your life is aiming for? These are questions we have to be honest with and ask ourselves because at the end of the day, it's what we're held accountable for. Consider this. It goes on in verse 7. Repeat them again and again to your children. All these commands that God has given us, this idea that we're to love him with everything we've got, Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, <clears throat> when you are going to bed, when you are getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your foreheads as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. I mean, this is overkill, right? He's saying, keep this in front of you. Do not forget that this is the focus of your life. This is your purpose. This is how you live into the purpose and the plan that God created you for. Put it everywhere. Talk about it all the time. Keep this front and center in your life because because if you don't, sloth creeps in your life. You become indifferent and apathetic to the things of God. You, come, uh, you become filled with the distractions that, that keep you from living into this place that God has called you to. It's really important to keep it right in front of us, front and center. He says, the Lord your God will soon bring you into the land he swore to give you when he made a vow to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It is a land with large, prosperous cities that you did not build. The houses will be richly stocked with goods, you did not produce. You will draw water from cisterns you did not dig, and you will eat from vineyards and olive trees you did not plant. When you have eaten your fill in this land, be careful not to forget the Lord who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. You must fear the Lord your God and serve him. I mean, this is a huge warning. God's people are about to be led into the promised land, and he's laying out for them, listen, life is going to be good you are going to reap all the benefits of work that you did not do. When life is good, when everything is going right, do not forget what God has done for you. Don't allow sloth to take your focus off of what really is important. Don't allow sloth to direct you toward failure. I mean, the final piece is sloth denies me of my future. When you think about the plans that God has for you in this life and the next. If I allow my life to be consumed by things that have no meaning, if I allow the, the purpose and the aim of my life to be focused on a target that simply doesn't matter, that impacts my future. It impacts my life right here and right now. It impacts my eternity. And again, that's why sloth is sneaky. That is why it is so deadly because it negates everything in my life that God is desperately wanting to achieve. It keeps me from living fully into the purpose and the plan that he has for me.
I want you to consider this. In Revelation chapter 3, this is a powerful scripture that really leans into this concept and challenges us to be diligent. Remember, diligence is the contrary virtue. I persevere. I stay focused. I keep pressing on, keeping Jesus the center of my life. Here's what it says in, in Revelation 3. Jesus says, I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other. I mean, you get that, that symbol, right? When it's a hot day outside, you've been mowing the lawn or whatever, you just want like an ice cold lemonade, right? At least that's what I want. I'm a pastor. I'm not drinking anything harder than that. Now, you guys follow along with me. Now, um, when it's wintertime, it's freezing outside, which I'm just thankful it's March. Is anybody with me? It's finally March. We got an extra hour of sleep last night. It was awesome. <laughs> no, oh, no, we didn't. Okay. Uh, when it's summertime, you get that cold drink. It feels great. When it's cold out, though, you don't want the frozen lemonade. No, you want hot chocolate. That's what I want. I don't want coffee. That's gross. That's just, it's an adult beverage, and it's not cool. I want hot chocolate. And why? Because it warms my hands up. It's delicious, sweet goodness, and it warms everything in my body. It's fantastic. Is anybody with me? Is that amazing? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, when, it's, when it's lukewarm, oh, no, no, thank you. No. If that's been sitting in the car for an hour and you're like, you forget, and you're like, oh, oh, stop it. No, it does nothing for you, right? Like when your lemonade's sitting outside in the summer, it was frozen, and now it's all melted, and it's been in the sun. You go take it, you spit it out. It's gross. It doesn't do anything for you. That's what Jesus is saying about you. <laughs> when you allow sloth to enter in your life. I mean, really, if I'm being honest, he's saying that about me too, all right? So I don't want to sound that better than, okay. But that was fun to say. I don't want to be that thing to Jesus. I mean, do you? Like, the way he says, oh, no, worthless. No, that, I, put me in a different category, please, please. I, I want my life to be focused on the thing that matters. I, I, I want to experience what God has for me, right? But that's not what he's saying. Since you are lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. That's, that's a scary place to be. You say, I am rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. I'm fine. You don't realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. That's the sneakiness of sloth. So I advise you to buy gold from me, gold that has been purified by fire, things that have eternal value. That's what gold represents. He says, I also advise you to buy white garments from me so you will not be shamed by your nakedness and ointment for your eyes so you'll be able to see. I correct and discipline everyone I love. And here's the kicker. So be diligent the contrary virtue to slothfulness. Be diligent and turn from your indifference. Make sure your life is aiming at the target that really matters. This is the challenge that Jesus is giving us. Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. I mean, that's a stark challenge right there. Be diligent. Please, please, please turn from your indifference. Make sure that you're not falling into the trap of 
of being apathetic about the things of God, that you're not allowing your fanaticism towards something that has zero meaning to crowd out the time that you need to be spending on the things that are most important in this life. Developing your relationship with Jesus, strengthening your faith, investing time in your family that is desperately important in our day and age. Surrounding yourselves and investing yourselves in friendships and relationships that will help you grow stronger and become more like Jesus. Make sure that you're aiming your life at a target that matters. And it all isn't captured again in Matthew 5, 6, where we started. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. This is the, the main desire of my heart. Jesus, I hunger and I thirst after you. If that is the desire of your heart, if that's the target that your life is aiming for, you will be filled. You'll be filled with life to the fullest walking in the place that God created you to be, walking and experience the purpose and plan that he has for you. There's no better place to be than that. So don't fall into that trap of sloth. Don't let it sneak its way into your life. Be focused on who God is and who he's calling you to be and make sure that that target you're aiming at is the one that is valuable, that has eternal significance. I close with two questions. What is truly important to me? Would you just think about that for a second? What is it? What is truly important to me? And finally, am I investing my life in the things that matter? Is my life aiming toward that target that has eternal significance, that actually matters? I, I want you to think about this as we come to a close today. Everybody has a card, <clears throat> and there's nothing magical about this card, but what this card does offer us is a chance to respond very personally by recognizing and highlighting ways that we can invest our time invest our energy, and stay focused on making sure that our lives are aiming at the right target. We've identified our faith, our families, our friendships as really the three most important things that we can stay focused on in this concept of hungering and thirsting for righteousness. And so I just want you to think today about the significance of these questions and how it relates to making sure that your life is aiming at the right target. The first question has to do with faith. What does God want to accomplish in my faith? and my relationship with him. Remember, only you can develop your relationship with Jesus. No one else can do that for you. What's that looking like these days? Has that been crowded out by things that just simply don't matter? The follow-up question is, what steps can I take over the next 30 days to strengthen that relationship with Jesus? Take some time. Take this home. Think about this. What does that look like in your life? No one else can do that for you. The next question has to do with family. What does God want to accomplish in my family? What steps can I take over the next 30 days to be a better dad, to be a better mom, be a better husband or wife, to lean into the family that you find yourself in and to invest time that matters, that's going to have eternal value, to pour our faith into our kids, to lead the way that God has called us to lead. Our families are so important. We've got to center those around our faith in Jesus. Finally, the last question is, what does God want to accomplish in my friendships? Have you surrounded yourself with people that encourage you and hold you accountable and, and make you stronger? Maybe you just need to make it a point to surround yourself with, with better friends. Friends that will help you stay focused and not distracted. They'll help you live into that future that God has for you. What are the steps you can take in the next 30 days to help these things become reality? These are really important because at the end of the day, I want all of our lives to truly matter. I want to make sure that every single one of us have our lives pointed at and aimed at the target 
that Jesus has called us to. We've got to be focused on hungering and thirsting for righteousness. Jesus, I thank you today for who you are and for the incredible love that you have for us. God, I ask that you would help us to stay laser focused on who you are and who you've called us to be. God, may it be the desire of every single person here today that our hearts would be completely and fully devoted to you. God, may we love you with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all of our strength. And may we allow nothing to distract us from who it is that you're calling us to be. God, I want all of our lives to matter. So keep us focused on that target. And don't let anything keep us from becoming more like you and living fully into the life, the true life that you've called us to. You are good. We thank you for what you've done. We look forward with great anticipation to what you're going to do. Jesus, we pray this in your holy and mighty name. And together we say, amen.